Hey, how you doing, Ignite City? Hey, I wanted to share something that came from, I think it was last week's reading on the 23rd, possibly, uh, give or take around then. First John chapter 4, verse just verse 5, um, and then I'll explain it just a little bit. Uh, John says this, uh, They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. Now, if we read it in context, um, we can actually go back to verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard from, sorry, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, now I'm thinking he's speaking about these false prophets, they are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. And I just wrote down this one thought, especially for us to kind of focus in on is, um, what are we listening to? Or who are we listening to? Where are we learning life lessons from? Um, who, who, who are we allowing to speak into our lives in order to impact us and to change who we are? Uh, or do we actually test the spirits like we're told to, like we're supposed to test the spirits to see whether they are from God? Why? Because there's so many prophets that have come into the world. Friends, I feel like uh, with social media, uh, again, I'm not one of those people that will say every aspect of social media is evil. I think I think anything that's inanimate can be used for the glories of God. Um, social media is an, 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 an it's, I'm sorry, it's an inanimate um, thing, and yet it has a huge influence. Uh, I used to have social media. Um, I decided to get rid of it um, because I felt like a, one a whole lot of my identity was wrapped in how many people were liking things that I posted. But two, I think I found myself starting to scroll through what people were writing and saying and finding myself irritated more than actually wanting to help people. And so when I read this, I thought, man, if this isn't fitting for us from YouTube videos to TikTok videos to videos on Instagram and then move it into TV and movies and music and things that we read and blog posts and books and you, you put all those together and we can't, we are constantly being bombarded with messages. But my question to you is, are you testing the spirits? Are you testing those that you're listening to? Or have we become fans of people who are actually speaking things against God? And then we find ourselves trying to, um, we, 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 maybe we would never say that we condone their thoughts or the behavior if they go against Jesus, but we actually still are their fans. Okay, well, everyone's got a, everyone, everyone still has something that they're, They've got to work on. That's true. But if it's a constancy against the things of God, then why is it we're allowing them to constantly be speaking into our lives? Guys, it could be, like I said, it could be TV. It could be movies. Um, it could be news. It could be anything. Anything that's we're allowing specific people to speak into us and change the way that we think. And then it brings me back to this. Do we put as much clout and credence into the scriptures, into God teaching us truth through the pages of his Bible, through the pages of the word, do we put as much credence as we do other people? And then the question has to get even deeper. Friends, our source of truth should be the word of God. It doesn't mean that I can't read other books and hear other thoughts and listen and listen to other people's opinions, but I need to always filter them through what does the Bible say? 
And so here's a couple passages that came to my mind that like, are we, are we doing what it is that God says is best and what honors him most? Or are we reacting like anybody else does? See, I, I, a few episodes back uh, on the podcast, we looked at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24, I think it was 22 and 20, I'm sorry, 24 and 25. And I asked the question, are we, are we, are we different enough to make a difference? Because listen to what Paul says to Timothy. Uh, Timothy is this, this young pastor in Ephesus who's struggling, and Paul is encouraging him. It's a personal letter from Paul to Timothy, and he says this, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone. Now, just stop there. Friends, I feel like when I read this, and then when I've seen social media posts and Twitter battles, and uh, I even see people who are in the church. Um, overall, the church has like a wholeness of the wholeness of the church worldwide. But I'll see key leaders, leaders stepping up and saying things against other churches or members. And and it's like this quarreling online for the world to see. And we sit and we wonder why it is that the world doesn't think that we're any different because we don't look any different. If God's word says the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, and yet we find ourselves quarreling, especially online, for everyone to see, and it's always read out of, outside of context, then why is it that we sit there and go, okay, so the God's word says this, but this is what I want to do. At what point do we pull back and say, I'm supposed to be obedient to God? When it comes to the topic of sexuality or gender identity, we look to the pages of scripture we don't battle against people because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of this dark world. But we look to the pages of Scripture. There's man and woman. God said that male and female, complementary to one another, giving us both strengths that we actually need for one another, not trying to elevate one gender over the other, or or giving us the freedom that we think that we have to just kind of create as many as we want. Because, guys, confusion never leads to peace, uh, confusion, or not holding to truth. When I get to make up my own truth, guys, I think that we're starting to see our society unravel because we actually think, well, I know that God's word says this, but I really love these people. Friends, I'm, I'm convinced that's why God says, that's why when Jesus gave the greatest commandments, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second the second one is this, that you should love your neighbors yourself. We love God first and foremost, which means I'm going to obey God because Jesus is the one who said, I think it's in John 14, I know those who love me by those who obey my commandments. And so it's not, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to read some parts and do what I want. No, I want to read the scriptures and make my life fit in with this. So when there's parts where it talks about, where it talks about greed or knowing that God hates gluttony, I just sit there and go, okay, so how how often or how much of my life was I living in in gluttonous habits, um, in gluttony where I'm just, where I'm eating anything and everything that I want, or I'm just wasting time looking and scrolling and, um, or lusts of the eyes, lusts of the flesh. He's like, I don't want you to jump into those things because here's the thing, God's commandments are for our good. And so when you go back to 1 John chapter 4, verse 5, they are from the world. The, the false prophets are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. And my question is, are we listening to them more than to God? Again, back to 2 Timothy 2, verse 24, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents. And this is the part where we go, yeah, this is the part to fight. But he continues with it, correcting his opponents with gentleness. 
followers of Jesus, it is not appropriate for us to just go off on our quote-unquote opponents. Friends, our desire, and you'll see it later on in, in the next couple of verses as, as Paul continues to explain it. We're supposed to correct those who oppose us, but with gentleness. God, and it goes, continues, God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth. Friends, the reason we want to do it with gentleness is, not to, is so that we're not pushing them away from God. And some would say, well, God can do it every once. I know, but it doesn't mean that I'm supposed to just treat people how I want to in the name of being a follower of Jesus, holding to truth when I'm not obedient to what it is that God has said and how it is that I'm supposed to be approaching people. Because the ultimate desire that we want is that we'd see, we would see God grant them repentance that's le- that leads them to the knowledge of the what? Of the truth. Why? Because truth brings about life. Truth brings about freedom. There's a whole lot of life that we can live and a whole lot of freedom we can experience when we live within the confines of truth. And I know that sounds so like it's so opposite or it sounds like it doesn't go together. But friends, it does. Truth gives us boundaries that are for our good, that we could flourish within those commandments and within the truth that God has set up. And then verse 26, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. In other words, friends, we want people to come to repentance and come to the knowledge of the truth, to come to Jesus. And if friends, if all we're doing is quarreling with each other or quarreling with those who don't know Christ, you say, well, what about, I, okay, here's the thing. Take all your whatabouts and, and look through the pages of the scriptures. Look through the pages of the Bible and try to see whether or not your whatabouts are answered from what it is that God has said Rather than just waiting for someone else to tell you, well, this is this is what it is, or I'll answer every one of those whatabouts. Friends, God wants to teach all of us on what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to live. This life that we say, if I'm a follower of Jesus, then this is how I live. I say no to the things that God says no to, and I say yes to the things that God says yes to. But I don't pick and choose so that I can continue to live my life holding the banner a high and high and exalted above myself saying I'm a follower of Jesus if I'm not truly following Jesus. And the last a last passage, and it's a little bit lengthy, but listen to what it is that God says. This is what scripture teaches on how we're supposed to live now as followers of Jesus. Romans chapter 12, starting verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. We're supposed to hate what is evil. Now someone's saying, man, I want to be like Jesus. Like I don't ever want to hate anything or anyone because Jesus doesn't hate. And yet, guys, I read it this morning in Revelation that there's certain there's a certain lifestyle, there's certain things that God can't stand. God hates it. And it's the it's in Revelation chapter two, verse six. He says, uh, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Now, friends, we can't just sit and say, However we want to live, God accepts it. No, that is not true. If that's, if that's true, then Jesus' coming to die for us wasn't necessary because we can live however we want. You say, well, it's after Jesus came so that, all can, all, so that everyone can come. And yet we know that people won't repent. We know that people will hold on to sin. And according to the scriptures, they won't repent even during the tribulation that's described in Revelation. Even if all these, as all these horrible things are happening, you will still have a multitude of people who are cursing God to his face. So we're supposed to abhor what is evil, not just kind of tiptoe through it and enjoy the parts that we want so that we are gratified by it. We're supposed to abhor what is evil, but hold fast to what is good. So it's not just hate evil, but man, we want to love and hold on to the things that are good. 
And then he says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be, be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never, listen to this, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. Notice Paul goes back to scripture. He says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, contrary of what? To the contrary of avenging myself, he says this, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his heads. In other words, that person, he or she is going to feel, hopefully, at least maybe, hopefully have some sense of conviction or feel embarrassed by what it is and how it is that we're responding to what they're doing to us, by what others are doing to us. In other words, we just keep loving them and respecting them and providing for them, no matter what they do or say in return. And friends, I know that this is hard. I mean, when it's time to trash talk, I want to trash talk. I do not like to, quote unquote, lose an argument. But it has nothing to do with my, it has nothing to do with me. And it should have nothing to do with my pride or my ego. And honestly, it should have nothing to do with my honor. It should have everything to do with bringing honor and glory to Jesus. And so Jesus says, I don't want you to avenge yourself on anyone. In fact, what I'd rather you do is I want you to feed your enemy. And if they're thirsty, I want you to give them something to drink. And you know what? By your kindness. I mean, I think I've heard the phrase, kill them with kindness. The followers of Jesus, we should be showing that. Some would say, there's a time to fight. Okay, but now I want us to, sh- I want us to look to the pages of Scripture. And when we fight, what are we fighting like? Or who are we fighting like? If we're fighting like those who are fighting against us, we're doing the exact same thing. We can say eye for eye and tooth for tooth. Friends, I'm not sure if that's the example of Jesus. I know that's Old Testament. I get that. But when I'm looking at how Jesus lived his life, when he's being attached to a cross and being ridiculed and mocked, friends, he stayed silent on the cross. He didn't even defend himself. At no point did he say, I didn't do anything. I'm doing this because I want to die for you so you can be reconciled to God. He stayed silent. And then he took on the, the, the wrath of God that was ours, but he took it on voluntarily. Friends, that's the Jesus that we follow. That's what we're supposed to be about. So we always want to take the pages of the scriptures, Old and New Testament, because they point to Jesus. And we look, okay, so yeah, in, when, when God set up the law, when God set the law and how his people are supposed to deal with one another, friends, there comes a time that maybe I need to confront somebody who's done some work on my house or work on my car. And I just feel like it's right that if something is messed up, they should have to deal with it. And I think that's fine. But I still need to approach it as gently and as lovingly, as kindly as possible but not just going to this tirade and this rant on, on them in their face, showing complete disrespect, but rather I can show respect. I can show them respect. And yet there's times where they, when the scripture is like, if I've been wronged, then okay, then maybe I'm supposed to just rejoice in this time of being wronged. 
but I shouldn't be listening to the voices of the world saying, this is how you need to do everything. And this is the new thought and the new way of doing things. And this is why it's justified to hate that race or that people group, no matter who it's coming from. We're supposed to love people regardless, regardless of what they look like or where they're from or their background or what sin they're involved in or whether or not they love Jesus. I'm called to love people. We're called to love people. And those who oppose us, we're supposed to feed them, give them something to drink. We're supposed to take them in. We're supposed to care for them. Friends, that's the difference that Jesus makes. Verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Friends, these are just thoughts that came in my mind. And I still, and then here's the thing, even as I share these podcasts, I'm still, I'm still a work in process. I'm always trying, God, refine your thoughts. Refine my thoughts so that they're not refine your thoughts because God doesn't have to refine his. Refine my thoughts. Refine my thoughts so that I'm only thinking the way that you think on situations and circumstances. Refine my thoughts and, and break away my ego so that I'm not reacting to things based upon my flesh but that I'm responding based upon the Spirit of God who's teaching me, who's with me, who empowers me and anoints me and does the same thing with you. But friends, we've got to get out of this mentality that we, well, if I'm treated like this and I can, then I get to do this. Friends, it should always be, hey, I'm treated like this and I'm going to respond appropriately so that Jesus is most honored and glorified. So friends, when you go back to 1 John 4, 5, they are from the world, therefore they speak from the world and the world listens to them. Friends, we may hear all these messages coming at us, but we need to listen to what it is that God says. We need to hold fast to our faith and hold fast to the promises and hold fast to the teachings and commandments and the words of Scripture because we want to live the life that Jesus died for, came back from the dead for, not out of guilt, but out of complete gratefulness that we bring honor and glory to our Savior and our Lord. Friends, it always comes down to Him. It's always about Him. Friends, I love you more than you know. Hope this was helpful, and we'll talk to you later.